Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we're winding down. We're about a week and a half away from training camp, a few days away from rookies and injured players showing up on, on Tuesday. And it was like the last time we had to get creative for an episode for the next five and a half months. Essentially, the next five and a half months of our episodes are already planned out. Um, so we're going to be talking about some for some things we're going to be looking for in training camp, the way they run practices, storylines, personnel, that type of stuff. Justin, how are you doing in your Tiki Barber jersey? No, Kenny Phillips jersey. Hi, Bobby Skinner. Um, are we winding down? I or appreciate winding up? you lying um, about what jersey you're wearing to save your reputation because no, no one has a Kenny Phillips jersey. I it's disagree. Disagree. Um, only. Awesome people have Kenny Phillips jerseys. I put this on. Thank God I lost weight because I put this on and it fit me a lot more baggier when I was 12, 13 years old uh, versus right now. I would be able to be like, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, be able to be basically be a teenager and wear this in 20 degree weather because I would have layers on. It would still be able to fit over me. Um, Hi, Bobby Skinner. Um, I am in my Kenny Phillips jersey, not my Tiki Barber jersey. The last I'm my, time... I'm in my Stay Weird jersey. Stay Weird. Uh, what's that? Uh, slightly Stupid. That's that band you like. The last time that I had control on thinking of an episode topic, which I had control of today. The last time I had control of it is when your dog Lucy died and Danny King and I, I did... lung cancer because he smoked so many cigarettes. And uh, Danny King and I did one of the best episodes that we've ever done, the Worst Fears episode. Biggest fears. Just a, a disgraceful episode. Um, <laughs> right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into all of that, but first we have an announcement. Our we ha- our fan fest stuff is officially planned, ready to go. We're ready to roll. Fan fest 2022. So I don't know how they're doing the fan fest tickets quite yet. I don't I know do. if people. Okay, tell us how the people could get the fan fest tickets. Tickets for Giants Fan Fest will be available on Monday, July 18th. I'm guessing that's for regular season ticket holders. And then general admission on Thursday, July 21st. I am telling you right now to be patient because there were people today that were trying to get Giants training camp tickets. And even though they capped it at you can only get 12 per account, 12 per person, they still had troubles and they still had things going wrong with people not being able to get tickets, uh, service errors, whatever. There was too many people getting, getting, uh, trying to get tickets. So be patient and be, uh, what is the word? Vigilant. Is that the word? Be vigilant in your effort to get Giants Fan Fest tickets because training camp tickets, I don't know, you know, if that's all sold out, but Fan Fest tickets you will be able to get. So be persistent. So with with the training camp tickets, we like to help out. I would like to say every year, but we haven't had that opportunity the last two years. But we did help out in 2019. So I'll say, don't ask us for tickets. We can't help you with that. But if you are somebody who has extra fan fe- or fan not fan fest training camp um, training camp tickets, you know you got some and you ended up not going on. You're not going to plan on going on that day. Tweet at us that you have them. We'll quote tweet it, and then whoever sees it first and needs them, we'll we'll go and get it from that. So that's how we can help people get fan fest tickets. But we can't actually Training we camp. can't we can't we can't give them away ourselves. We can just help facilitate people who have extra ones. Yes, yes, um, we do not have extra ones. So tweet at us if you have them. 
But our fan fest is is back on Friday night this year, so it's gonna get a little rowdy. It's, it's gonna get like it's actually gonna get really rowdy putting yeah. on a Friday night. Like last year, I was like kind of lame. They put it on a Wednesday. Now I'm like, man, this might be this <laughs> might, might be, be a like, this might yeah this might be a a, a freaking party at don't at bring natty daddies like Mr. Brownstone did in Charlotte. Just no. just don't. Unless you're Mr. Brownstone. Um, So, again, we're going to be in parking lot G out on the curb. So, you know, when you're driving in, you will see us. You know, it's straight ahead of of the entrance of the stadium. You'll see the big black van. Uh, It's going to be catered by Candlewick Diner. We appreciate and and love Manny from Candlewick Diner. And we'll, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll just be there hanging out. And then we'll do a live show again with ourselves, License Plate Guy, and Chris the Entertainer. Um, So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come out. Have a good time. Um, and then bring your own booze. That's the only. And you thing never you know who's going to stop by. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to try and get some people to stop by. No promises, but we'd like to try and get some people to to stop by um, uh, our our setup. So so you'll 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 meet some cool people. Last year was a lot of fun, so I was excited about. I that. have to give Art Stapleton's chair back. So I think at Fan Fest there needs to be an exchange. In the left hand is Art's chair. Art Stapleton reclaims his chair in his right hand. We take a picture and we like raise the chair up like it's uh, Jesus Christos. No, the Lion King. Why did I went? Why did I go to the JC reference? The Lion I don't, King. You know what? With the new iPhones, my phone I could put it on Do Not Disturb, but I still get text notifications. Why don't you just put the phone on vibrate? I didn't. I thought I didn't think I needed to do that. I thought Do Not Disturb <laughs> did what it freaking works. All right, so let's get into um. Uh, our our training camp uh, stuff and and we'll do ads and crap later. What we expect to see at training camp that is what this episode's about. All right, you you're leading the way on this. What is what is the first thing on your list, Justin? Okay, I think I should run through my first category since I think a lot of your a lot of your things that you want to see fit my second category. So in my brain, I split it up into two different things, Bobby Skinner. I split it up into a definitive, this is what I want to see at Giants camp. And if I don't see it, it will change my expectations for the Giants season. And then the second category I have is questions of things that I want to see. So it's like, oh, am I going to see this? Are we going to see this? So I'm going to rip off the four, probably three, the four things definitively what I want to see. I want to see... Offensive success, and I have success in quotes. And the reason why I have success in quotes is not because I want to see them score a bajillion points, but I want to have a general consensus walking away from some, maybe most of the practices saying, I feel good about the Giants offense. I thought they had a solid to a good day. We have not had that in a long time. Continuity. Starters are getting reps together. Kenny Galladay's out on the field. Kadarius Tony's out on the field. You know, the, the guys that are kind of supposed to be healthy, they're out there on the field. They're getting reps together. That is something that did not happen last summer. The tempo and the pace of practice. I was there for the Ben McAdoo practices. I was not there for Tom Coughlin. I was there for the Pat Shermer practices. And especially the year 2017, when the team had a lot of expectations going, you know, stemming from 2016, I was just watching that those practices, and I was watching that offense saying, this is really, really bad. They had Brandon Marshall. They had Shep. They had OBJ. But it was just really, really bad. And I, like, wanted it – I, like, wanted to force myself to change the expectations about 
like what I thought the Giants were going to do that year, but I didn't because I was young and I was stupid and I was too excited about that season. But then you saw a really bad team and a really bad offense. It comes from the tempo and the pace of those practices. What is a Brian Dable practice going to look like? And then the fourth thing that isn't really a real thing, practices simulating in-game scenarios, but every practice kind of does that. So thoughts on some of the things that I said. Um, with the offensive stuff, <clears throat> that go that that's the big thing. Like, you know, coming away, think like having some positive thoughts about the offense. Because last year we weren't at training camp and all the reports were that the Giants offense was the exact same. Jason Garrett didn't change up anything. This is the same exact thing. It's curl sticks, it's you know, it's it's very short, quick game, pick a side pre-snap read offense and you know everyone started oh they're hiding stuff they're hiding stuff no these guys practice what they play and there's no need to hide their offenses because guess what nfl coaches know what you run now do you hide trick plays yes you don't want to put trick plays out there but nfl coaches know what you run like i remember sean payton when he got COVID, tweeted out a couple plays from his playbook and people were like oh my god he's he's gone crazy he's giving away his plays it's like everyone knows their place like they watch, like they know their place. Um, so it's it's not even Justin. It's like how successful is the offense? Is like, do I like what I'm seeing from like really from the coaches? Yes, as, as with yeah. the offense, not necessarily like I'm not going in like, oh, I really want to feel good about Daniel Jones coming out of it, or you know, Kenny Galladay is is looking crisp, even though I do want to see those things. But it really is how is the offense run in training camp? Like obviously the first week we're going to be there, it's going to be some very basic install. But that third week we're there, like you're getting ready for the preseason. You're yep. you're installing some of the meat and potatoes of your offense. And that's why I I said offensive success is the main, you know, bulletin point. But it's it is going to be mainly a feel thing. Like how did we feel about the offense? It's not going to be something that. Like, oh, we're going to track the completion percentage of Daniel Jones, and he has a 70% completion rate, and that's a good practice, which you know a lot of the a lot of the beat reporters do. And I and I don't think that's super helpful because we, you know, Although you we're going to do it. You're, you're going to do it? Absolutely. Why not? So I'm going to be taking so, notes like crazy. It's, it's so, a why not thing for me. And not that I'm taking much emphasis into it, but it's a why not thing for me. So People this is going to be one of stuff. the things that I want to ask you, too, is – we're kind of doing this on the fly and we really should talk about this. What are, what are we going to keep track of and have you thought about it? I don't know if I fully like thought about it yet of like things that I want to keep track of and what can you keep track of while watching a practice? Yeah. You'll drive yourself nuts trying to keep track of everything, but I'll keep track of like, Hey, this guy had catches to, you know, like, Hey, you know, incompletion, this, you know, interception, blah, blah, blah. This guy made this play. Um, you know, one, we're going to be doing our live streams after every single practice. So, you know, we want to be able to go back to our notes, um, you know, even though that stuff's not like Daniel Jones completion percentage on, on a given day. But are you camp. like, are you going to be I know Rosenblatt does it. Are you also going to make note of how many passes he completes, how many passes he attempts, et cetera? Oh, yeah, cetera? I'm going to. Yeah, it's 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 definitely now am i going to, be able to keep track of every formation they run or stuff or every blitzwink martindale runs no i can't keep track of that stuff in fact me and danny king tried to do that when we first started in 2019 in the first quarter of the preseason game where we realized like this is impossible we can't track all this stuff and watch yeah. the game we'll have an intern do that one year um that'll be his sole job and if he gets one wrong he's fired we realized too that no one really cared about the first quarter uh formation percentage <laughs> um 
so yeah but yes i mean we're doing live streams after after all of them so you know you want to have notes and no i was just curious because obviously we're going to have our general notes um but i was just curious if there was something like in your brain that's like i want to keep track of this and this is what i'm going to be it's basically looking for sta- like basic stats completions incompletions yeah. you know catch it and, and then who caught you know i'll put tallies for every guy yeah. who, for who they caught passes from yeah, I don't even know if I care about like average, like average depth of target or like how many no, times. No, it's impossible Daniel- to pay attention to, to that Well, stuff. I mean, I think you can make like a general note of okay, this is a zero to nine yards. This is a ten to fifteen. This is a fifteen plus. I, I think that if you really wanted to, you can keep track of. But I don't even think I would want to keep track of that because I don't. Like, I, I talk about average depth of target all the time. I talk about pushing the ball downfield. I don't know if that's really fully worth it in a training camp practice, especially because... Well, they're installing different things every day, and that's another thing, is that you there is going to be time... There's going to be a practice where it's all quick game stuff because they're installing quick game stuff on that. And then there's going to be a time where, like, man, they're really pushing them. Well, guess what? They're practicing third and seven all day long. Um, So it it all depends on, you know, what the periods are. Um, You know, the, the best time where you could just get a general grasp of everything is when they do just like, hey, we're going up and down the... Like, essentially just scrimmaged... Um, you know, you know, eleven on eleven scrimmages like moving the ball usually, up the field. Yeah, they they'll usually do that towards the tail end, second half of the second half of the practice. I mean, yeah, that's finish, that's they that's finish what off Shermer practice did. with that. Yeah. Uh, what are you what are you feeling about the the tempo and the pace of practice? So this is going to be your first time where you're going to actually see the Giants training camp. You you didn't you didn't you never made your way up to Albany. Um, never made your way up to Quest Diagnostics to see it. Well, um, I did see a Joe Judge practice in the sense that I saw Brian Flores at the Senior Bowl, and everything that was being described about Joe Judge, Brian Flores did, where they had you know guys on one side of the field, one side of the yeah. other, and then you see Matt Rule at that at that same year, and it was very different. You know, it it wasn't as fast paced. Um, although you know they actually got on their guys a little more. So that um, yeah, I I, I want to see how it is. Like, how are they really moving through drills? Are they lackadaisical? Like, yeah, that's something I'm definitely paying attention to. Because something that we heard from the spring is that it was kind of more laxed. A Joe Judge practice was more intense. Now, I this is why it's important that we're going to be there, and it's not just beat reporters. Is it less intense, meaning there's less yelling, there's le- there's less screaming, and there and you're not running laps for your punishment for making a mistake, or is it less intense, meaning the practices are actually less intense? Where you know, yeah, guy- that's what I care about the yelling and that, like that. That's you know different on each guy's personality. It's it's right. how intense are we moving from drill to drill? Yes, you know how much how much is the O line going through install and helmets off? You know going through. You know, what if they line up in uh, three tech on the backside and the linebackers filling on it? Like, how do you, you know, work that double team? Or how much are they working on? Hey, we're working on sled drills. We're working on the crab, dr- you know, things, things like that. Like, how much are they working on on that type of stuff versus like actual, you know, football drills? Right. This gets into the one of the questions of things that I want to say. So I'll I'll let you rip off. Maybe we'll go one by one. Um, one of the, the questions of things that I want to see, what does the setup of practice look like? Like how far away will the main action be from the fans? How has like the technology since pre COVID on how they record practices? How has that changed? 
has the new era of technology that Joe Shane has brought inside the Giants building. Is that going to be seen or felt at all on the actual practice field itself? It's important to ask and look at how far away the action is going to be from the fans because the telltale sign for me every year, no matter what coaching staff it was, every year at Giants training camp was, you walk in, where are the cameras? There's a lot of different bleachers that are set up. There's like five or six different set of bleachers. It's insane. The Giants have to have one of the most fan turnouts for training camp out of any team in the National Football League because they legit have like, it's like division two, like, college attendance um it's nuts so where are the cameras set up because that is where the 11 v 11 action is going to be so that's where you're going to sit and that's what we're going to look at every single day before we sit down so is there like new technology you know from pre-covid that's going to be like some of the things that i'm looking at and do they integrate like moving pads like the pads that are remote controlled when they're working on tackling and stuff like that i'm also going to be like looking at that too Okay, do you got anything else before I go through one? No, give give me one. I've been talking too much. Um, you know, I'll go on the field one. And I hinted at this one a little bit on the last podcast. How is Darius Slayton deployed? Mm. Like, that is something that I'm fascinated by. What does this... I, I just, you know, it's been this weird feeling around Darius Slayton all offseason. How is he deployed? Because guess what? Kenny Galladay is not going to do every practice. Kadarius Tanner is not going to do every practice. So do they move him up with the first team? How are they using him? Are they rotating him in with the first team? Or is he strictly second team? Are they working him with the freaking third team behind guys like Sills and Richard James and, and you know, whoever? Like, how is Darius Slayton involved in training camp? Because that's going to tell the story on if he... If he's traded, if he's cut, what, or if he's actually a part of, of of the actual offense. Yeah, and this is I try to not have a lot of these players centered because we're going to touch on a lot of these players when we actually talk about camp battles, our camp battles episode, not camp battles like left tackle versus defensive end, but camp battles meaning position you know, battles, position battles. You know who's going to be wide receiver number four, number five. Um, who's going to be CB2, nickel corner, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, Darius Slayton's a huge one. And that's, uh, I, I think, out of all of the players that we have questions on in terms of what is his role and where is he lining up during camp, I think that is the 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 most significant one. I think I have the second most significant one next. But Bobby Skinner, can you read an ad? Nah, no, no, you got to read your ad because okay. I read ads when I want to. <sighs> I... Started taking. Oh, I thought Bobby Skinner was going to interrupt me. Wow, game changer! I started taking AG one. Yes, we're talking about Athletic Greens. Started taking AG one because I wanted an awesome way to start off my day with a glass of water and a scoop of AG one. I am starting off my day fresh. I'm getting energized. That is helping me get energized with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics. Bobby Skinner, we're going to be waking up kind of early for training camp. Practices are at 10 a.m. We're probably going to want to get there at least day one. We'll see what the vibe is like in terms of how many people are there. We're probably going to want to get there at like 8.30 a.m. So I'm talking about I'm waking up at like 5.30, 6 a.m. I'm scooping my AG1 and I'm getting ready for the day, getting focused for the day. 
AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com giants. Again, that is athleticgreens.com giants to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, what's next, Justin? My player, the one player that I'm going to really tone in on this episode, what in the world is happening with Josh Azudu? Is he the swing tackle? How many reps is he going to get at left guard? Are him and Shane Lemieux going to split reps for left guard number one? What in the world is happening with Josh Azudu? He might be the rookie I'm most engaged with in preseason games, you know, um, because it's like Neil and Thibodeau, they're, those guys are guys regardless, even if they're horrible. It's like, guess what? They're starting week one and they're they're going to be a part of the team for the next three years and big roles regardless because of where they're drafted. Wandale, I know what Wandale is. You know, it's definitely going to be definitely going to be interested Flot is a corner, so I'm not putting too much stock in that either. You know, whether it's too good or too bad. Um, you remember Corey Ballantyne looked really good in the preseason, his rookie year. Um, it's really, you know, Bellinger, it's a Zudu. It's like, how, how does Zudu yeah. look using his hands? Cause that's really the thing I'm, I'm paying attention to most is, it's the hand usage, you know, and you can get a good idea of that from preseason games, you know, and camp. You know, yeah, we're going to be there. I'm not really focused on how well is he driving guys through. Is he, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's how well is he using the hands. Um, and like you said, they were working him at left tackle in, in, the, in the OTAs, which I disagree with. Let the guy work on guard. Okay. You have Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. I know that you need a swing tackle, but you drafted this guy in the third round to be a starting guard. You drafted this guy 67th overall to be a starting guard eventually. So I, I want him working only at guard, like, like, like I said. And it's like, how well is the hand usage coming along and how is he adjusting to the NFL? Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, and it's going to be really fun. Um, you can't really tell like, oh, what the coaches are saying and stuff like that. But I mean, obviously you're going to be able to tell how much are the coaches actually talking with Josh Azudu? How often are they coaching him up? You're probably depending on where, you know, the, the offensive line drills are going to be held. There's a good chance that it's going to be held a bit of ways away from like the 11 V 11 action is going to be taking place. So Bobby Skinner may be a man on the move during, uh, during training camp while, you know, he's going to watch the old line while, you know, me and the me and the producer, we we uh, we stand pat and we we hold our seats to watch the 11 v 11 action. Hopefully you'll be close enough to fully see that and fully take notes on that. So I'm excited for that. All right. My next one is on the defense. How often are they deploying three safeties? That's something that Wink Martindale wants to do. But they're a team that has Xavier McKinney and then Julian Love, who's not started many games in the NFL. And then your third guy is a fourth round rookie in Dane Bellin. And then you have Yusuf Corker and Trenton Thompson and Henry Black kind of battling for that fourth safety spot. Um, how many times are they, are they deploying three safeties in practice, which they, you know, suppose they did a little bit in OTAs. How, where the, how are they doing that? But also how are they using those three guys? Because 
McKinney can do a lot of things, Love can do a lot of things, and Belton can do a lot of things. So how are they deploying those guys? Are they putting Belton on man coverage versus tight ends? Or, or are they manic lining them up on there? Do they put Love in the box? Or do they put Belton? Like, when they're doing those three safety looks and just safety usage, and like, like how, how are they using their safety usage in general, even when they're doing two safeties? Like, I'm really, like, really interested in this to see how the safety room plays out not as much as depth chart wise but how are they using their safeties yeah because you know what it's a different team uh, this is not the ravens that wink martindale had um you know pre-injuries so how is wink martindale uh deploying these safeties yeah uh i i totally agree i don't think outside of earl thomas I don't think the Ravens had a ton of like how this is a household name at safety and like this is a really, really good, solid safety. Um, I mean, they're they're good defenses. I'm sure there were good players up and down the board. But, you know, McKinney, you know, maybe one of the best safeties, maybe the second best safety that Wink Martindale has had the opportunity to coach, you know, behind Earl Thomas. So um, I, I don't know if a thin safety room and a and a mid def- uh, safety room was unfamiliar to Wink Martindale. Did you get the chance to watch that Giants Life video today that came out? No, I did not. So I ha- I took a screenshot, and it's of the projector of Wink Martindale in uh, the defensive meeting. Defensive vision. There's five bullet points: fast and physical, one play at a time mentality, stop the run, attack and affect the quarterback. And this is what I think is the most interesting that I would love to hear him expand upon, and I want to hear your thoughts on. Maximize our personnel. What does that mean? What do you think it means? It's kind of football talk, but it's get the most out of your star players, kind of, I guess. I want to hear him expand upon that. Last one of the beat reporters to, to say that. That's what I said. I said, at my beat reporter friends on Twitter. Um, so we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get an answer on that in a few weeks. All right. Um, what's next for you? I don't have a ton of the action ones. never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to up risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Mm. Plus, with same-game parlays, spread, uh, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Make your first po- first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There's a lot of phone numbers in the show note details, by the way, now. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Let's there see. Are. I, copy and, I copy and paste them every single episode. We got some new ones. 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Oh, there's some new ones. Okay, so then I have well, to... No, I'm saying since the last time I looked at it. Oh, since the last time you looked at it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, but the one that's my favorite is not in there. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Do you want to call? No, don't call on the show one day. Um. Hold on. gambling addiction is a serious thing. I just want to see if the number still works. Oh, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, 
you have reached the Indiana Problem Gambling Helpline. Hmm. Line- How about that? Does work. One eight hundred nine with it in Indiana. All right. What what uh what's next? I don't have a ton of defensive ones, um, but this is one, and I am a sucker for this. I have a video on my phone from 2017. It is one of my favorite videos ever, where BJ Goodson absolutely fucks up. I think it's Wayne Gallman. Was what was his first year in the NFL? Um, 2017. Then I he was there. BJ Goodson fucked up Wayne Gallman, and it was just beautiful. Clemson, Clemson teammates. Form tackling. Bites the ball. Shoulder. Lowers the shoulder. Drives. Bring him down to the ground. No head-to-head. Beautiful form tackling. Joe Judge, one of the things that at least we heard he did well is practice tackling. And the Giants, despite my brain thinking that they were really bad in 2021 with tackling... They did not, they were like middle of the pack in missed tackles last year. But I remember 2020, they were pretty damn good. And and, and like they were, they were good at swarming to the ball, everything like that. So how will Brian Dable practice tackling? How will they practice it? How will they approach it? How much will they practice it? Um, That is going to be one of the things that I am definitely looking out for in a league that is trying to maximize yards after the catch. You got to be able to swarm the ball and you got to be able to get these uh, ball carriers down quick. And that's something I actually could see as being like a battle between Wink Martindale and Brian Dable. You know, like how do they approach tackling in practice? Obviously, they're not going to be bringing guys down and, and f- you know, full compete periods. But like how much do they practice that? Like are they wrapping up, you know, those type of things. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of uh, some disputes, the next one is how does Brian Dable handle fights? We got some rumors of of some in OTAs. We got confirmations of some in OTAs. There's always going to be fights in training camp. That's you know, it's, there's that's just there always will be, no matter what. They could be you know small, tiny ones, or they could be huge ones. How does Brian Dable, you know, Lucy Goosey, Mister Everything's Relaxed guy, how does he handle fights after the first one? Is there any punishment? If there's not, after the second one, is there any punishment? And if after the third one, like, does he, does there, you know, do we start talking about how he maybe not have, you know, the greatest control of his practices, um, you know, guys not respecting him, like that type of stuff can spiral quickly. You know, that stuff type of stuff does matter. So that's going to be my thing is I love fights. Coaches love fights, even though they won't admit it. Um, but it's how do they handle fights? Like, do they is and and just discipline in general like is there any punishment you know obviously there's not not gonna be running laps even if brian dable believed in running laps he wouldn't do that can't just because do that. You, yeah you can't Damn. do it after <laughs> joe judge did it already um but like is is there discipline um for penalties or mistakes like like that's that's something i'm i'm looking forward to seeing is there is there any discipline or do you just you know not you know not even address it the offensive staff and the defensive staff, like even just think about the positional coaches too. I don't think they could be more different people. Like even like our, even the defensive line coach, I could see him being a little bit of an intense dude, old school guy. Wink Martindale's definitely an old school guy. You watch the Giants life video and Wink Martindale's electric, by the way, like just, just electric behind the camera, electric when he's mic'd up on, on the field. It was a very, very fun watch on the Giants YouTube ad. And then Mike Kafka, is he's not boring, 
because it was just cool to hear him talk and it was cool to hear some of his backstory, but just very, very different from Wink Martindale. So, I mean, I kind of I kind of expect the defense to be policed itself by Wink. But, you know, what is that offense going to how is the offense going to be policed? What is the accountability going to be there? Oh, speaking of accountability. I found something very interesting, Bobby. There's an acronym that was in the Giants special teams room. There was a special teams meeting with Thomas McGahey, and there was an acronym on the back wall. Trail. Trail. <laughs> Trust, respect, accountability, integrity, loyal. Now, I'm all for acronyms. I don't think that's a good one, because what don't you want to be doing in a football game? Trailing. That's true. Acronyms are overrated in, in general. <laughs> um, somebody, somebody. Like, in my college, we, we ours was long. It was. It, I mean, we didn't turn it into. A, it wasn't an acronym, but we had like, like, I Y D. I mean, it was if you if uh if if uh. My God, I can't remember. It's been so long. It's been literally ten years. If you don't want to, you don't have to be an Oli. So it was, mm. I mean, and we literally had the initials for all of that. It was so. Um, Tezzy nine oh five had a point that made me laugh. Our this coach is... made us put a, a, like who were who were playing for this season, and I just said Brevard County. Like on this our is lockers. one of those moments we look back on and say we should have known. <laughs> what? With with an acronym, with the acronym being trail. Oh, okay. He said, "This is one of those. This is going. This may be one of those moments that we look back on and say we should have known." <laughs> yeah, got a kick out of that. All right, I got one more. How many do you have left? I have, I have three because we have this. We have one of the same ones. All right, do the one that's not the same one. Personal grouping frequencies. How often are they going to be practicing with Saquon Barkley flanked out as receiver? How often are they going to have two running backs on the field? How often are they going to have Kadarius Toney and Wondell Robinson lined up as running backs? Like, yeah, they could do it once in a blue moon, but that's not going to really sell me on, okay, they're going to be doing it somewhat often. If, if we see some of these funky formations and especially like four wide receiver looks, how often are we going to see that? If we see it somewhat often, then I'll kind of buy into it. But if we don't see it super often and we just see it once in a blue moon, then I'm not going to fully like buy into it and go on the Kadarius Tony PPP if that's scheduled later in the month saying, oh, I think we're going to see him at running back a decent amount. So there you go. Yeah, and they might even line them up in the backfield. doesn't mean they're going to hand them the ball off. It could be, you know, right. put them on a swing pass, put them on an angle, put them – on a go, you know, and that's something when Saquon Barkley has been talked about, like using him in the receiving game. Like, remember his receiving touchdown versus Washington Week 16? That was just four verts. They, but they, you know, they put the tight end on a crosser and they put uh, Saquon Barkley up the seam, and you had a wide open touchdown and a good read on Daniel Jones for like a 33 yard touchdown. Um, so that's the type of stuff. It's like how, how you know, not not necessarily are they giving handoffs to Wandale or Kadarius. It's where are they lining these guys up and how are they using right. them. And, and what type of motion, not simple, uh, not stale motion. All right, the last one I've got, and this is something that um, Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns taught me and something that I want now, is 
How do they approach sacks and practice? Because obviously the quarterback's on the red jersey, so you don't tackle them. Do they let plays go? Do they, you know, call them dead? Do they maybe give them one second after there's a supposed sack? That's something, and that's something that I, I never knew coaches did. Like, my mindset was always like, hey, you, it's training camp. You let the QB throw. You know, you don't you don't call plays dead in training camp. Um, now, I don't know if the Giants necessarily could have done that last year anyways because the Giants were offensive line was so bad that they wouldn't have been able to run a practice. But something I would like to see is at least at some points, like, call the play dead when it's a sack. Like, you know, kind of beat into their mind like there's consequences for for not getting the ball out on time in this in this spot um and you know learning when to pick and choose your battles and this type of thing so i i think that's something that matters because you know you can you can go all of camp and you're not really you know you're you're cognizant of it you're worried about it but at the, but there's no consequences to it that it can you know it can it can slow the season down so that's something that the browns did last year in our our inner squad practices uh, and that's something I think I'd like the Giants to uh, deploy. I have an eight-second clip yeah, from I know. the Giants Life video. It doesn't sound like you want me to play it. No, I don't, because I don't want you to put a, poke a hole in the balloon. All right, then I won't play it. Yeah, because you're just po- you're poking a hole in like one of my biggest talking points of training camp. Um, I'm going to play it, it anyway. It's well, yeah. I was gonna say, just play it at this point. Attack affects quarterback. Think we've been doing that? They don't even know how much it's it's happened right now, right? Because there's not gonna be any sacks called. You probably can't be able to hear that, but here's the last line: because there's not going to be any sacks called. Yeah, that is so, what Wink Martindale said in a meeting. So that's one um, thing I'm paying attention to that I will figure out quickly. So at least in the spring, they weren't calling them. Hopefully, that changes sometimes in training camp. You know something I do like, though? It's freaking SeatGeek. Wow. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. How about that? What a freaking coincidence. I just brought them up and we happen to have an ad for them. Live events are back, which means you get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANT. Somebody in the YouTube comments, by the way, was like, hey, what's the promo code again? Which they could have just hit rewind. But anyways. Actually, you know what? We didn't have a SeatGeek ad on that episode. That's my no, bad. No, we didn't. We were, we're always presented by SeatGeek. So take that take that back. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Um, you know, I, I've got the app on my phone now that I have 132 gigabytes of storage. I don't have to delete it after I use it every time, whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, which we're going to use it to go to a Yankee game, uh, versus the Mariners or more. SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from zero to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee. So you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry. We've got the hookup. Use code giants for $20 off at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code Giants. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the application. The Yankees are playing the Orioles next Sunday, the 24th. I will be there. How about that? In Baltimore. And I use SeatGeek to get the tickets. Word up. All right, next next one. I have one more, and I'm going to... Last one. I had two more, but I'm going to frame it into one because I'm that good. Who is going to take control and leadership of the team? Like, are, are we going to be able to really maybe kind of note, oh, Leonard Williams is very, very vocal. Oh, he's very, very, you know, uh, physical with like yeah, the, the the teammates, the defensive guys. Like he's trying to rough them up, trying to get them pumped up, et cetera, et cetera. Are we going to be able to see that? 
Will anyone stand out from afar, you know, in terms of, you know, hold it, grabbing onto that leadership? Because that's something that we talked about, um, talked about it with Research Rec, talked about it a few times this offseason. This team is kind of searching for that alpha dog leader of who is really going to hold these guys accountable in terms of guy in the locker room. And also the youth movement. We know that coaches are a little bit reluctant to maybe sometimes play the young guys. This this team may not have a choice to play the young guys, but how devoted is this new regime, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, how devoted are they to really playing the young guys? And are we going to see the youth movement in training camp right away? That's it. Yeah, the I, I like had like a bunch where it's like, uh, it's basically like the youth movement. Like, you know, like I'm very interested about how they use Cordell Flott, which we'll say for our camp position battles. Here's another one. At what point do they trade for a cornerback? At what point do they trade for a cornerback? We've traded for cornerbacks. We've traded for three cornerbacks the last two years in during training camp. Name them. Um. Well, Isaac Adam was not an in-camp trade. Wasn't it? He was week two. Because I think Antonio Hamilton started week one, and then Isaac Adam came on after that. No, Corey Ballantyne started week one. You're thinking of 2019. Ooh, zing. Um. All right, so we'll just say Isaac Adam is one. There was three. Oh boy, I I have no clue. Twenty nineteen, there was one because there's Valentine Grant. No, that was in camp. Wait, I think. Oh, you just said there's. You just said yeah. We, it was we, in. It was in camp. It was at the end of camp. We there's traded three. for three. So we traded for Isaac Yadam. Now there's two other guys we traded for, cornerbacks. I don't know. Josh Jackson for Isaac Yadam. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> How, did he, Josh like, Jackson get a? I don't think he got a single snap for the Giants. No, I'm gonna look, um, I'm gonna look up his. No, we were, weren't. We kind of like. Man, he's I was like, like okay. I was, well, no, we were kind of like, why would they trade? Um, a guy who started all these games for them for last year for someone they're gonna oh, cut. Because remember, that Dan, special teamer. Who was that special teamer from Houston? You don't remember him? Come on, dude. He got a sack against Kansas City. Keon Crossing. What's his fucking god damn it? He's gonna get us a comp pick back. Yeehaw! <laughs> what a seventh rounder? Yeah, he didn't play a snap for us. Um, no, we got a sack against Kansas City. He's on the Cardinals now. We waived him in the end of October. Um Oh, who who got that sack against Kansas City? Keon Crossing. I said it oh, nineteen you, times. You said you said he didn't play a snap for the Giants. So I was like, I'm talking yes, about Josh Jackson. Oh, Josh. Yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, Josh Jackson didn't play a snap. But remember, Dan Duggan is like, Keon, Josh Jackson is going to get cut. Josh Jackson, gonna get, and I kept on being like, why? Why would yeah. they trade Isaac Yadam when they're thin at 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 depth at cornerback for a guy That's they're going to cut? That was nuts. That was nuts. Um. So, um. All right, that's an episode. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? I kind of want to... Here, I'm going to end it with tips for training camp. I may say this again at the top of an episode, but if you're listening this far, we're in tra- we're you know we're in training camp mode. General tips of training camp uh, that I've learned: get there somewhat early, bring some waters, um, you know, bring bring some stuff that'll keep you cool because it gets kind of hot. Dress light. Um, I'm not going to be wearing any jerseys. Um, I have no information about autographs with kids and stuff like that. They should do that. I hope they do it. Um, but get there kind of early because the line can kind of pack up. Uh, because especially once those bleachers get 
packed and they get crowded with people that are going to be sitting and watching the main 11 v 11 action it seats can be kind of bad um and if you don't have 2020 vision it can kind of suck so get there kind of early um I'm going to be very interested to see where do you sit and will it be known right away by where cameras are located, et cetera, et cetera, on where to sit. So um, that's at least day one. I'm just going to tell you wherever there are cameras, whenever there are, you know, big poles with something in the sky, sit near those bleachers because odds are that's where the 11 v 11 action is. Um, and that's the training camp tips that I can tell you that are the most important. Scream Saquon! Saquon! Dude, what was the story that some kid like yelled at Daniel Jones his rookie year and like people wrote stories on it and it's like I, I got so mad at it. Oh, I know, uh, I don't remember this. I now want to find this. Here, I'm going to f- I will find it right now. Odell! I got so mad that they wrote they wrote a story at it. Odell! Oh it's, my god, for years. I love the I love the kids. Love the kids. But like, oh my gosh. Like he's not gonna come over to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not just gonna come over. <laughs> Damn. Pissed. You're a goober. Let me find it one. No, he's like, you You weren't worthy of... I don't know, something that. Yeah, a kid yelled that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you writing a, a story on some dumb kid listening to his stupid dad? Because he was getting second team reps and there was nothing else to write about. Hold on. He got second team reps until, like, the final week of preseason. Why? Eli. Still didn't make sense. Oh, I found it. Young Ooh. Giants fan tells Daniel Jones he didn't deserve to be number six pick. Who wrote it? Uh, can I guess? Out. Can I guess? Art. I think Art wrote that. No, it wasn't Art. It was for the Giants Wire, but there it's not. It's no longer available. The story. Damn. I don't think it was. I don't think Benton would write that. I'm gonna. Maybe add, he well, did. No, we have to ask Benton. We have to go in the archives. Do you remember this? I, and I said, are we seriously writing stories about what a child yelled from the stands? I think mm-hmm. I might have to go to camp and yell out Daniel Jones deep ball numbers and how he operates. It, uh, oh, that was park. when you were a big Daniel Jones stand what a joke. defender. Oh, what a yeah. joke. Just yell, um, Daniel Jones was 22 of 30 from 20 plus air yards, 2018 Duke. Just yell that. So, Get your point across. All right, that's an episode. That's we'll be back episode. on Tuesday with our last mailbag for six weeks or whatever. I mean, basically until the week of game day uh, or week one game day. So uh, we will see you on uh, on Tuesday for our, our final mailbag before training camp. And then, I mean, rookies are reporting, injury, uh, injured players are reporting, QBs start reporting. So we're going to start cranking out through some news. Uh, so I'm very excited for all that. So we appreciate you guys. Enjoy your, enjoy your weekend because these weekends are going to stop uh, not being Giants related very soon. So we appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs> <laughs>